0: On this episode, we'll talk about why one of the first places to look for what you want for the second half of your life is in what you already have and why it actually feels good to want what you have. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about what it means to be a late Gen X or early millennial woman dipping her toes into midlife. I'm talking to the woman who sees this stage of life as an opportunity to reflect on her life to date and to begin the second half with intentionality and purposefulness. Hello. And welcome to episode 12 of Not Your Mama's Good Life podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. Thank you so much for the ratings and reviews. It has been such a big help to get the podcast in front of people who otherwise would not have come across it. Since I started podcasting and realizing the importance of rating and reviewing, I'm going back to review podcasts that I've listened to over the years, and I'm sharing those with you. One of the first podcasts that I really got into was On Being with Krista Tippett. On Being actually aired for 20 years and is now inactive, but it's all still available online on the podcast players. Um, It includes interviews with scientists, theologians from all different backgrounds, psychologists, sociologists, artists, poets, writers, and others exploring sort of the big questions about life, God, healing, and the world. The shows are generally long form interviews and they're very well thought out, well conceived and very well produced. It is certainly worth a listen. And of course there is enough content to keep you busy for a long time. If you're enjoying this podcast, that is not your mama's midlife podcast and think it would be beneficial to others, please do take a minute to rate and review. And to help you out with reviewing mine and other podcasts, because if you have other favorites, you should be reviewing them too. I have a quick YouTube video on my site that will show you how to do this very visually, how to find, how to subscribe, rate and review a podcast on Apple Podcasts. It'll show you click by click. It's available at stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash podcast. So what's going on with me this week? I was driving home from a company event with a coworker with whom I'd carpooled. I was talking about a particular business process that I have and where I feel like my particular process leaves room for error, and that I have basically decided that I could neurotically try to make sure that it's perfect, or I can accept that it is good enough and move on. And lo and behold, my coworker explained what she does to correct for this margin of error a way that she's basically been able to correct for the problem that I've been having, probably for four years. And I felt like a wave of resistance and defensiveness and a surely my way is good enough because goodness knows I like to be right. And I like to be known as a person who knows things. But I was actually pretty proud of myself because I pivoted pretty quickly and asked her if she could either share her solution with me or show me how to do it myself. Part of me wanted to just quietly look it up on YouTube and figure it out myself without having to ask for help and admit that I didn't know how to do it. And the reality is there's nothing wrong with something being good enough. And there's nothing wrong with me wanting to figure it out for myself, go out there and learn it and figure it out for myself. But there's also nothing wrong with saying, you have expertise that I don't. Can you help me? Especially for something like this, which is a process that I perform maybe 15 times a year. It's embarrassing to admit, but it would have been much more like me to want to figure out for myself how to do it and never admit that I didn't know how. What I wonder now looking back is why did I handle this differently? What was I thinking? And as I've thought about it, I think I was thinking something like, this will fix my problem, almost eliminate the room for error in my current process, and it's worth the discomfort of admitting, I don't know. Of course, that was all in seconds, milliseconds in my mind. But that thought allowed me to feel confident and open so that I could ask for help without making it mean anything about me. Alternatively, if I would thought something like, I don't want to admit, I don't know how to do that. I can figure it out myself. It would have caused me to feel closed in And likely I would have brought that portion of the conversation to a close just to hide my discomfort. And I share this with you, not because it's a big deal, because we do things like this all day, every day, but it's an illustration of how our thinking in a situation significantly impacts how we feel and act. And our thinking is something we have control over. This is something we'll talk about more as the podcast progresses, but I would suggest you take a look Do a thought download like we've talked about on previous episodes. Notice the feelings that are produced by your thoughts and the actions that you take from those feelings. Bringing that progression into awareness is so powerful. So we talked last week about the kinds of things that we might want for the second half of our lives, like how you want your daily life to be. Things you want to do, experiences you want to have, or places you want to visit. Ways you want to personally grow and change. Goals you have. Ways that you want to build a foundation for the last quarter of your life. Intangibles you want to have, like relationships. Values that you want to live into. Things you don't want more of. Your shopping list for some items. And things you already have. We also talked about why you would want to know what you want for the second half of your life and why it might be a little scary. I want to start today by talking about the things that you want that you already have. And I realize it's an odd thing to say. You don't need to want them anymore because you have them. I suggested on one of our earlier episodes that wanting something, desire, feels good. I actually think that wanting something, desiring it, feels better, or at least different, than having it. You'll want to check out how that feels for you. We often think about the dopamine hit we get from something pleasurable, but dopamine is associated with goal-directed, seeking behavior. It also makes us curious and eager. It's rewarding in and of itself. As an aside, this is another reason that knowing and pursuing what we want in the second half of our lives is part of the recipe for greater enjoyment or happiness in those lives. So take a minute and think about wanting something. Wanting, say, a piece of cake. Really call up the feeling of wanting in your body. Our feelings, our emotions, they show up in our physical bodies. So how does it feel to want? Now, how does it feel to have a piece of cake? What does that feel like in your body? For me, wanting has more positive energy and momentum behind it, and that makes sense given what we just talked about regarding dopamine. I talked a bit in the introduction when I told you what was going on for me that I had put my ego aside and asked my colleague for help because I was feeling open and not closed off. Our emotions are the fuel for the actions that we take. And the way that an emotion feels to you will give you a sense of how you'll show up as a result of it. If I feel shame, I'm likely to shrink away, to hide, to get very quiet. If I'm feeling amazed, I'm likely to take in the things around me, make connections, be curious. So with that in mind, why might we want to want those things we currently have? There are likely many things about your current life that you love and want to have in the second half. One thing about doing this work, about purposely thinking about what you want for the second half of your life, is that people may misunderstand and think it's about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, that you don't love your life, that you think you've made some bad choices. If you want something different, you must think that something is wrong with your life now. And it's entirely possible for you to want something different from your life without thinking that anything is wrong that needs to be fixed. And it's certainly not a blanket statement about your life or your satisfaction with it. And I'll return to this idea of wanting from a place of having in just a minute. So what do you already have that you want? These could be things like your career, if you love it and it fills you up. Your marriage, maybe? Your kids? It could be a value like self-love that you've cultivated and are proud of and believe is important to you. It could be a goal that you've already accomplished, something that you've achieved. What do you want that you already have? There may also be things that you have that you want more of, more time with friends and family, more unallocated time, more confidence, more experiences of something. There's something pleasurable about wanting what you have. So I'm going to ask you to take a few minutes, pause the podcast, or return to it later if you're driving. On a sheet of paper, write down about 20 things that you want for the second half of your life. And like we talked about, these could be any kinds of things, a red car, freedom to visit Croatia, whatever. And this isn't a list that you're married to. It's just a list for you to get started with brainstorming but try to ensure that maybe a third or a half of the things on your list are things that you already have. That seems like a lot, right? But scroll through your life and think about the things that you have wanted for yourself in your life and want to continue to want and value moving forward into the second half. For me, it would be things like my marriage, our dog, completing a doctorate, living somewhere where we have a view. Notice that some of these things, like my marriage, are things that I want to sustain in the second half of my life. Whereas completing a doctorate was a one and done, but it's a significant goal. It was something I really wanted to accomplish, and I'm glad I have it. In the case of both our dog and our view, those are things that I have now and that I want, but they won't stay with us permanently. At some point, we'll lose our dog and we'll move from here, but we'll probably get another dog, although I'm not sure Ty can be replaced. And hopefully we'll live somewhere with a view again. Okay, so take a few minutes, pause the podcast and create your list of 20 things that you want with maybe six or 10 of them at least being things that you already have. Okay, did you do it? Are you back? So this is kind of a contrived exercise, but even so, I hope it gave you a sense of abundance to see how many of the things you want you already have. As you think about what you want for the second half of your life, whatever it may be, wanting that from a place of already having many things that you want puts you in a place of abundance or a place of blessing rather than a place of lack or scarcity. We have this idea that for us to move forward, to make progress, we need to be at a deficit that will motivate us to take action. But if we are happy or content, we will get complacent. This devalues what we have. It has to be not good enough in this scenario. But I would offer this isn't true. We don't have to be in discontent to want to grow. We can be delighted by what we have and want to continue growing and moving forward. From a place of abundance or blessing, we can really acknowledge and savor the things about our life that we love and wish to retain. It gives us permission to celebrate them. I don't know about you, but I'm terrible about celebrating. Holidays, birthdays, all things. That's not true. I do know some things about you. If you are like most people, celebrating sometimes feels ridiculous. Especially things like your own growth, your own accomplishments. But growth comes more easily from a place of gratitude and abundance. And things that we celebrate get soaked in. We talked in episode nine about purposefully soaking in the good. And this is really an extension of that. Really recognizing and acknowledging what you have and soaking it up, celebrating it, and allowing that sense of abundance to be felt in your brain and in your body. It also helps us to address the reality that wanting something new or different can feel like longing. dream deferred, this thing that's way off in the horizon that may not happen. Desire and longing, they feel different for me. So you'll want to see how they feel for you. I guess the word longing doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation, but for me, it kind of has a melancholy like twinge. Really stepping into a place of abundance is an anecdote for that feeling. And wanting more or different for your life from a place of having is so much better than wanting from a place of lack. And a reminder before we wrap up, our life happens in the small things. We've talked about this on the podcast, small pleasures, soaking in good experiences. When we think about what we want for the second half of our lives, our minds are probably first drawn to rather big ticket items. But as you give some thought to what you have now that you want for the second half of your life, open up to the small things that give you pleasure and joy now. For me, one of those things is the latte that my husband makes every morning when I'm home. He even got up early one day this week to make me coffee before I had to leave for an early meeting. Those small things are the things that our lives are made of. Leave room for them as you plan for your second half. Between now and next week, if you haven't already, please do make your list of 20 things. It may even be better to do it slowly, over a period of time thoughtfully returning to it rather than rushing through it in a few minutes. We've talked about identifying what you want for the second half of your life. So begin thinking about this tangibly. What is it you want for the second half of your life? What are your second half goals? Identify things in your current life that you truly want to have in the second half of your life. Write them down, acknowledge their presence, let them fill your cup. And let's come back next week and talk more about creating that life you want for your second half. Today, we've talked about wanting what you already have that you can want change without having to feel like there was something wrong with the first half of your life, that there are things about your current life that you want to bring with you into the second half, and how celebrating having those things puts us in a place of abundance from which it feels much better to want for the second half. I also urged you to think about the small pleasures in your life that you want to bring with you into your second half. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast is in the bag. Go to com forward slash episode 12 and find not only the show notes for this episode, but a worksheet that you can use to identify the 20 things that you want for the second half of your life, including both things you already have and small pleasures. That's com forward slash episode 12. This link will be in the description of the show on any podcast player you're listening to or on YouTube. Thank you for sticking with me through the 12th episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you join me back here on your favorite podcast player for the next episode or on YouTube, if you prefer that. Wherever you listen, please do like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others to find the show. Have a great week. And I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.